Good morning, Dylan. Good morning. Where are we right now? We're sitting on uh, the balcony of our Airbnb, our French chateau. I don't think I'm ever going back to the United States. It is, uh, we're kind of looking out. You can probably see about, I don't know, 100 <sighs> kilometers. <laughs> it's gorgeous. Um, this is Sean Zock and Dylan DeCher. Very early on Tuesday morning for the Golf.com podcast, as Dylan said, we are on the back balcony overlooking the French countryside. Uh, and as I said, I don't know if I'm ever going to leave this because it's gorgeous. The Ryder Cup is here. It's Ryder Cup week. And I think the only appropriate way to start is that it's morning and it's cold and it's going to be cold every morning this week. It's getting nicer though by the minute as the sun is out. But if the wind is up, Ooh. it's going to be in the 40s. Uh, I think that that is what high single digits Celsius over here. We've been doing a lot of conversion already. <laughs> yeah, so uh, it's it's roughly 7 a.m. and the current temperature is 46 degrees. Feels Ooh. like 42 degrees. Yikes! And if uh, if this Ryder Cup is like any other one, it just means these guys will be warming up during those temperatures. And it's going to be it's going to be warm on Thursday, but Friday, Saturday and Sunday the highs are in the 60s, the lows are in the low 40s. So this is just what they're going to be dealing with and that's just something that they're not used to. They're just in East Lake this weekend where the highs were in the 90s. Yeah, and they've been coming off a stretch of hot weather. I mean, all the way back to you look at where the last major was. The PGA Championship was, whew, it was in the 90s there and so humid. And it's just going to be a different experience here. Well, it, uh, people forget that that, that, has, that dictates how far the golf ball flies. We saw Bryson working on <laughs> putting some dew on his golf ball down at East Lake. <laughs> I'm curious to see how he's going to handle this because uh, the guy might lose his mind. That didn't really actually work out that well for him at Eastlake. No, no, he struggled, and that's part of what we'll get to. Um, we're not going to talk about the Tour Championship much because people already know what happened. They do. It's it a was... couple days removed. Tiger Woods has won his 80th career Tour win. Uh, it was against a field of 29 others, and that's all I'm going to say about it. That's just shade there. <laughs> so unnecessary. No, You're not no. going to talk about it. You're just going to kind of trash on it a little bit. No, we're, we're going to talk about it. Basically, how I want to talk about it is I want to ask you, is Tiger Woods the best player here in Paris? Is he the best player at the Ryder Cup right now? He's not, but it's close. Uh, and I think projecting forward, you could say, you know, Tiger Woods will again be the best player. Uh, among this really, really talented field. I still think Justin Rose is the best player uh, that is arriving here, or I guess now arrived here um, at the course, because you look at the guy that has seized the number one world rank and then went on to win the FedEx Cup. I know he lost his number one world ranking, but just his body of work, he hasn't quite been winning tournaments. No, the guy that's has the just biggest been, thing. He hasn't quite been winning tournaments. He's been relentless. Uh, I mean, you know, Tiger Woods hasn't been winning tournaments until this past weekend. So. That's a fair point. Uh, so Justin Rose is probably the best player here. He's on Team Europe. Tiger's on Team USA. Uh, I think when you look across the board, anyone listening will know, will have probably thought that the Americans are the best team. But... After Tiger Woods, there's some there's some interesting things to talk about with this team because the other guy in his 40s on the American roster, Phil Mickelson, 
He's been the opposite of Tiger Woods. I need to ask, if I asked you, is Tiger Woods the best player here at the Ryder Cup? I need to ask, is Phil the worst here? Phil Mickelson is the worst player <laughs> currently going at the Ryder Cup. Maybe I would not have said that before this past Does that week. include Jim Furyk? <laughs> Can Furyk substitute himself in as oh. kind of a player captain? Flip-flop, maybe Phil should be the captain. I think Phil would take Furyk that. should. Yeah, you think he's like, into hey, it? Phil. We know that you've already thought through all this stuff. Why don't you just, why don't you play quarterback? Toss it to Fury. I saw he's already doing a fair amount of entertaining on the team bus. He's dancing around. Look, if there's anyone that can recover from finishing dead last at the tour championship, it's got to be Phil Mickelson. And he, you know, (laughs) remember. I don't think that's true at all. There was this hype around, you know, the biggest moment of Tiger Woods' season was going to be playing Phil in November. In this big match play event, How Tiger just beat him he? by 24 shots at the Tour Championship. How old is Phil? Phil is 48 years old. <sighs> That's old, man. That's old to be going to to be as we said, waking up early, getting work in at on the range. That's 45 degrees Fahrenheit, I must say, and it's just I don't think it adds up. What's your point? My point is that Phil does definitely does not need to play four matches and we'll see if if Jim Furyk agrees like we'll we'll see if I don't think he'll play four matches I think he's playing three matches and I think to be fair before this week I would have said Sergio Garcia is the weak link but he played well at the Portugal Masters T7 and Phil just did not acquit himself very well East East Lake (laughs) well I guess Eastlake in the Tour Championship is a, f- a small field in which there are guaranteed bonuses. You can definitely lose interest uh, and motivation, I'm sure, pretty Well, early. here's the one thing I will say. Phil doesn't really make sense for this golf course because from the sound of it, you're not going to need a ton of the strategy and recovery and imagination that Phil is known for. It's more you hit your spots, uh, you're accurate off the tee, you're pretty, you know, good approaching the green, which yeah, Phil has been it doesn't sound like okay <laughs> at. But uh, a lot of the things that are his hallmarks, his calling cards, seem like they're going to be neutralized. Okay, so this begs the question, where do you play him then? And I'm starting to think that he, is, he has been one of the top five putters on, on tour this year. Maybe you just play him in, I think... I don't think he can play alternate shot. I think you let him play his own ball, see if he I mean the guy can still make a lot of birdies you. and just see if he is like you know, you both get to the green, pair him with Finau or whomever and see if that putter just is as active as it's been all year. I mean, maybe he can make a whole bunch of birdies and he could be a, you know, fine best ball partner, but I'm not sure you can take the chance. No, I mean, you, no, there's no, no, nowhere no. to hide an alternate shot. No. There's nowhere to hide, and maybe he's begging Furyk to play with Tiger for this alternate uh, shot. How about this in the practice round? Should not happen. This morning, it is uh, Tiger, Phil, Patrick Reed, Bryson DeChambeau. I shouldn't care. I just sometimes you see a train wobbling on the tracks, and you think maybe this thing's going to tip over and crash. I think you should care. <laughs> how about that? Well, I mean, like seven a.m. or not. I shouldn't care who the Americans trot out together. It just it it feels like that is the trickiest part of Jim Furyk's job is figuring out when and where to place Tiger and Phil. 
Well, Tiger currently looks like you could place him anywhere with just about anyone. His game's adaptable. He's hitting driver straight. Gosh, what an asset Jim Furyk did not know he had like six months ago. <laughs> I mean, remember when... Six months ago, he was like, yeah, Tiger, you're going to have a pot of guys to manage. <laughs> yeah. And then there was talk of, oh, he still has to play his way onto the team. Is Tiger in someone's pod? Like, is he in Steve Stricker's pod or Davis Love's Yeah. Or David Duvall's pod? Yeah, we don't that know would be 100%. a taste of fresh air if, if David Duvall was, like, kind of helping inspire Tiger Woods. We don't know 100% the pod setup yet. I mean, still the weirdest thing is the guy is the President's Cup captain. Not Next assistant year, yeah. captain, vice captain, full-on number one man yeah. captain next year well before we get to that we've got this week and across the uh, across the side across the range a couple guys that need to be talked about kind of in the same vein as tiger and phil as sergio as you said has struggled mightily all year missed the cut in every single major uh whether stroke play finishes truly matter here has just not been in good form and i am here to say now yeah, you are that you can forget about it sergio Though his ceiling may be lower than normal, will reach that ceiling this week and will play very, very well. All right, so talk to me about this because Sergio has been uh, not great this year. Yes. Some so, people were upset that he was taken for the team. Well, sort of a legacy pick. Yes. I'm okay with it um, only because Thomas Bjorn made a bunch of handouts. Like he, he gave a, a bunch of legacy picks out between Stenson and Casey. And I think Poulter was always kind of good. like a three wrongs make a right thing. Yes, I think Poulter was always going to be on this team, but but Casey and Stenson and Sergio definitely uh, all three did not necessarily deserve it automatically. So uh, I think that when you look at this course, Sergio makes great sense. Sergio is one of the greatest ball strikers I think probably of all time. Certainly on the European side, that is that is his, his mo for sure. And this course is not going to require you to be phenomenal off the tee. If you need to go out and shoot 20 under, yes, you need to be great in every single aspect of this game. But off the tee, it's not going to ask a lot out of you. Now, Sergio is going to ask you to throw in darts. It is going to ask you to be super accurate coming into these greens. And he has played the French Open multiple times. This year he finished in the top 10. You look at his stats. Was not phenomenal off the tee, but he was solid approaching the green. He was really good around the green, and he was solid putting. Uh, those stats all come via the 15th club. Shout out to Jake Nichols. He pulled the stats for me, and if you just look at it, Sergio did not hit his ceiling at the French Open this year, but he still finished in the top 10. And I think he's been trending in the right direction that I just I imagine – he will play better this week than he did earlier this summer, which was a top 10. And so I do think he's going to hit his ceiling for the year. Maybe it's his overall, his B plus, A minus game. But I think that that, the fact that it's the Ryder Cup, the fact that it's match play, I think it all adds up to him being better than what we perceived his season to be. Well, I think we have perceived his season fairly because since he won the Singapore Open, not one of the year's marquee events, Sergio has uh, missed all four cuts at the majors. He has made the cut just six of his last 13 starts across the uh, European and PGA Tours. And sure, he finished T7 in a decent field at the Portugal Masters last week. But I think it's just a reset, though, man. Like, I think him struggling in the same way as Phil is 
is definitely different. Sergio missed the FedEx Cup. You kind of press the reset button. You you eye up the Portugal Masters, and you go home, and you kind of figure. You know, you spend a little bit more time not focusing on trying to, you know, make birdies everywhere. Not focusing on on avoiding bogey. Like it's a di- it's a different game, and I would expect that kind of difference over the past month to show us a little bit different Sergio than we've seen. This is an optimistic take from you. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just finishing up my Ryder Cup player rankings, and I have Phil at 24, and I have Sergio at 23, and I feel very comfortable about <laughs> both of those positions. Where Someone, do you have Rory? Rory McIlroy. Man, we were set up for a heck of a Sunday with Tiger and Rory in the final group. Rory just starting three back, maybe Tiger feeling the pressure of, you know, finishing off his first win in five years. Instead, what we got was this... Rory implosion. He made what three bogeys and a double on the front nine. It's weird, man. Went on to shoot seventy four. Rory had some some pretty incredible rounds this year on Sunday, in both good ways and bad. Carnoustie, he kind of backed up and then finished really strong, and God, all of a yeah, sudden he it looked like he could right back into win the position. British Open. Uh, obviously, the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Every single thing he hit went into the hole. Oh and, my! I and mean, he won he took over. going away. When he plays like that, he looks like a world beater. And I'm I'm just thinking that those are the anomaly this year. Like those are the weird rounds. Yeah, the rounds that have been Rory have been the struggling rounds. Sunday at Augusta, Sunday at the Tour Championship. It hasn't added up to him on those days. I mean, look, Rory only has one win in his last two years. One win. He's got five runner-up finishes which tells you something in a handful. Second place, man. That's handful okay. more top tens. It's it's more than okay. I would take some of that uh, second place prize money, but as far as a guy but he's supposed slamming to be the, the door. He's the, supposed to be the European thoroughbred. No doubt. For this Ryder Cup, last Ryder Cup, the next four Ryder Cups, like he's your guy. And so I think when Thomas Bjorn goes to set up Sunday singles, whether you have a lead or a deficit, you're trying to go out there and have the first match be a point for your team. You're probably going to send Rory out in the same way that Darren Clark did at Hazeltine. And I just look between Rory and the Americans on a Sunday, how many guys are you confident that Rory's going to beat? Well, let's look at the American side. Who would you have favored over Rory? Would you take Tiger over Rory based on their head-to-head the other day? Yes, I would take Tiger. I would take DJ. I think uh, I would... How about Brooks Kepka? Would you take? I think Brooks Kepka and Rory would Rory? be very evenly matched. I would not take Phil or Reed or Spieth right now. I would be I would be tempted to take Justin Thomas because he has just not shown much of a weakness this entire season. So, yeah, if if I'm pretty confident that four Americans are going to beat the best player from the European team, uh, I think Jim Furyk would like those odds. That's for sure. That's enough on Rory. There's only so much we can say about these guys until they actually play one of these matches together. Um, let's take a break from the Ryder Cup and talk about the place we played golf yesterday. We've been doing these preview podcasts all year long. Uh, we talked on the way from New York to Augusta. We played um, the little cradle at Pinehurst, and then we played just this brutally <laughs> awful this golf course. fantastic golf course. Uh, Bethune Country Club nice. in South Carolina. Speak its name. Um, we did not play on the way to Shinnecock. 
Uh, you did not make it to Carnoustie, and we did play on the way to St. Louis at we another did. brutally um, sad golf course. Yeah, we did our preview pod on the uh, but from the office on the way to Carnoustie, but we had a nice round on the peaked. way to, to the PGA. This was quite the experience. So We played golf de Morfontaine. <laughs> I said that with like a Spanish <laughs> role. Uh, Morfontaine was spectacular i don't call a lot of places special but this place was definitely special only because of how it's an experience that i've never had before you somehow this year have played both augusta national and pine valley so like those kind of have a different level of special but i've never had an experience like i had there where we're driving through the french countryside and we have no cell service so we're really just trying to figure it out how to get there and we pull up to this gate uh, with a tiny little sign that says golf <laughs> and uh, it's a an automatic gate so you press the button some over the intercom bonjour. says bonjour and you said we have a 12:40 tea time yeah we didn't know too much about what we were getting into but the gate opens and you basically go on a i don't know 10 feet wide path and you probably drive for three quarters of a mile and you're just you're driving through these kind of hilly forest land and you really I mean you're not sure you see it maybe a golf hole here a golf hole there and you pull up to this it looks like it's just a French house yeah or just a really nice French cabin mansion. in the woods kind of thing there's some brick a ton of ivy you but really look like you could be at someone's estate, you know. Yes, but there's nobody around. Something. I mean, there's there's cars in the parking lot, but there's no one to be seen. Yeah, we we could see a, a player or two out on the golf course. We walked in to check in. Uh, you know, there's a, a woman in an office that would looked like some sort of business manager setup. Yeah, or, I mean, it looked like she was running a small business, which she probably was. Well, I guess so, but a small business that, by report... <laughs> is involved with some of Paris's rich and famous. Yeah, I mean, you told me that you helped us get this round set up, and you told me it is, quote-unquote, the Augusta of France. I did read that And somewhere. I did not, I mean, I didn't believe you at, at all. I'm just, I, it was hard to believe just that, one, that you had that kind of pull, but two, that <laughs> we were going to be able to do this, you and me being two 26-year-old American bastards. She says, yeah, would you like to just go out now? And so we run to the first tee, and we started running around the course. And the course has many shades of Pinehurst is kind of what I thought. You have these really, really tall trees that are, you know, all the branches are shaved off. They kind of spiral into the sky, and you don't have the the waste bunkers, the waste areas of Pinehurst, but you can kind of spray it a little bit left and right. You just end up dealing with heather. Uh, Gorse. And that is brutal. Like, that's the kind of stuff that, yep. unlike Pinehurst, you can end up losing your ball in, um, or if you put your if your ball gets in there, it's really hard to get it out cleanly. It can just get swallowed up. I mean, the way I looked at it, it's a bit like Pinehurst or, you know, one of those cool courses, Sweeten's Cove. Uh, which I know is a, a fan favorite these days. Uh, but if you set it maybe in New Hampshire or Maine, somewhere on the border in there, because you've got these thick little bushes, could be little blueberry bushes, uh, and your ball just sits down. And we did a little bit of hacking out from there. Yeah, I just, that doesn't even like, that's not even the essence of this course to me. 
it was what the, was the essence of this course yeah the essence of this course was just that we get out to the second third hole and you look around and you can probably see another two or three holes on the course there's not a single person in sight and yes this was a monday afternoon but there was not a golfer to be seen it was the quietest round of golf that i have ever played despite like struggling and kind of teeming <laughs> with anger uh it was incredibly silent and it just reminded me of being of playing like golf in the woods for two people that l- live in manhattan new york like it was definitely that's priceless different. uh and we had the benefit of some guy uh, playing up with us. And then all of a sudden we get, we finished the, the back nine and he says, well, guys, there's like, there's, there's another nine hole course. There's the, the original nine hole course just on the other side of the clubhouse. Do you want to play that? And it was probably four o'clock when he asked us and we're like, well, hell yeah. Yeah. This so we, is the Valier nine. I think it's called. And it's so good. It's so good. There's this stretch of, second third and fourth holes there it's it's two par threes and a short par four two short downhill par threes with wild greens just absurd wild greens huge mounding uh you've got collection areas you've got slopes you're that talking take like, you like the right way like the wrong eight way foot mounds yeah on the green like you could stand at the bottom of the hill and you cannot see over the hill dylan really liked this area because he made it uh the best swing of his life and came half of an inch from his first ace of his life I had a leaner <laughs> that was so sad i mean your ball was essentially in the same position oh. that justin thomas's ball was at quail hollow his fell yours didn't mine did not i had more than 10 seconds to actually <laughs> give it to fall in but it still would not go in but i mean it was so cool it was one of those places where you know me and you and this 55 60 year old guy this expat that lives in paris who we made friends with on the course yeah, we could all bang it around in different ways yeah and we you know we were out there hitting extra putts trying to figure out the slopes and going to the back of the green and saying oh what if i hit it up around there will, will it come back down to the hole and yeah. it was fun man that's the the essence of the the place no golf carts uh Quaint. no snack shack nope Kinda there was sad. one there was one water fountain when you turned from the ninth green to the tenth tee, and the member, <laughs> he said, "Yeah, this is the only place on the course where you'll have water, so yeah, drink up." I drank up. Um, but yeah, the simplicity of the course was was impressive. Uh, I don't like that it's being hailed anywhere that you read as the Augusta of France. And now, let's be clear about that: it's Augusta in the way that Augusta is exclusive. Yes. I think it's the Augusta of France. You have to take into account that France is not the U.S., if that makes sense. Everything we're hearing is that French golf culture is very different than American golf culture. The extra trappings don't really exist here in the same way. So, Which is great. It is great. And, and our playing partner was telling us uh, there are some cultural differences here. He said, look, he's from D.C. He grew up playing golf in the States. He said, look, I really get this overly male sense of golf in the U.S. Here, a lot more men play with women. They play with their wives. They play with their friends who are women. And, and there's more mixed groups. And he said, wow, you know, that sounds pretty healthy. And, and like, that shouldn't be a weird thing at all. Uh, but certainly, American country clubs are, are still this 
extremely male institution. Yeah. I mean, I think I, I saw just as many women as men golfers out there yesterday. Um, but yeah, anytime that you look at this course, you, you don't see Augusta. You really don't. You feel comfortable there once you get used to kind of the silence and, and you know, as comfortable as we can be in a language or in a country where we don't speak the language at a, a golf course that we know is spectacular. But, look, it's a gravel parking lot. It's a, a There's bar no, with, you yep, know, nothing no, behind it. No There's paved cart paths. The there pro are shop coming out of the cart paths. After this 18, before we went to play the, the Valier 9, we stopped through the pro shop, which essentially had to be opened up for us because it's just a closet when you walk in. I mean, we walked by it, and I didn't realize that that's what that was. But You could touch each wall at the same time. That's, a, that's just how, I guess, simple this place is. We were lucky to be there. We, you know, it sounds like a lot of French, even private courses, are available for public play because they don't have enough play to sustain themselves otherwise not the case with this place it sounds like it is a tough appointment to get out here <laughs> yeah we got lucky uh, enough about that lucky round that we had uh, let's move back to the Ryder Cup real quick for a couple final thoughts um, just more so predictions I want to ask you if you look at the 24 players playing not all of them will play five matches some will play probably only three matches many of them will play four which player, you can have a match, that's good and fun, that's Ricky Fowler's thing, but who does not win a match? Which player of the 24, it could be Euro or American, does not actually go out and win a match for his side? I want to start with the team that I don't think is going to win. I think that that's Jordan Spieth and Patrick Reed because this has been the American duo. They've talked about, oh, is this the, the best American twosome in history? Are they coming up on... They Historic do not levels have, of they success. They do not have the amount of matches together. Not yet. To, to come close to claiming that. But nope, they're on the they're on the road. There's people are saying, "Oh, this could be the for years and years to come. Ryder Cups to come. Mm. This could be the dominant duo." They are not informed. Neither of those players. Yeah, they are not a dominant duo. Playing right well. We'll see if Jordan Spieth, uh, you know, can take his time off his tour championship week. Hopefully, he put to good use. Maybe he comes out hot. I don't see it. I'm not sure they play more than one match together, and uh, well, that's I don't just the think thing is well. they, they they won their first match at Hazeltine together, so they had to go out for another match. Then they got beat pretty soundly by Henrik Stenson and Justin Rose, and they went out again. I believe they have their match on Friday at Hazeltine, so it's not like they left Glen Eagles and came back and just steamrolled. Uh, on home soil so I think I hope Jim Furyk for the American sake is aware of that they they played really really well a couple years ago four years ago it's just you cannot continue to go back on people's past records now there's a vibe that you set together but past records in the Ryder Cup mean so little to me the fact that Tiger Woods is 13 and 17 all time includes so many matches prior to 2006 dude did not give a shit about the Ryder Cup he did not care and so to like hold his his match record or anybody's match record against them or for them as opposed to just focusing on their current form is a bit irresponsible in my eyes so I agree with you like I think that Reed and Spieth yeah they have a great vibe together 
But if they up, if they go up against Rory and someone, I would not necessarily be picking them. They're they're just not in good form. Well, yeah, and I think it's got to be a combination, right? I agree. Your match play stats from 2004 probably don't hold a lot of weight. But at the same time, oh, but people love giving them that stroke play form though doesn't 100% get you there either because you know guys can come and and totally reset and I think that's what you were saying for Sergio. Uh, a guy that I'm not sure wins a match is Torbjorn Olsson. He seems to be a bit of the odd man out. Yeah, I mean he he played his way onto the team. He did, and, and credit to him, he has had a series of of good tournaments. Actually, interestingly, the last cut that he missed. Was it the French Open at the Golf Nessie now? That's not to say that he can't play well here. He finished T3 last year. It just doesn't seem like he's ever been on a stage in which he's going up against right. Brooks Kepka. Right. He's the world uh, number 45, by far the lowest ranked of anyone in the field. And look, if, if the first match doesn't go well for him, mm, I'm yep. not sure he gets back out there for... I think he plays three matches, most likely. Yeah. yeah. I'm not it's, sure he wins it's, any of it's, them. It's quite the slap in the face to not play three. There have been people who have had to, <laughs> who have not played three in the past. but For sure. It is sometimes, uh, I think Chris Wood sat the entire first day at Hazeltine, and it was so sad in the evening to kind of see him on the driving range just working on his game when everyone else is on the course really caring about what's happening oh, or taking yeah. a break, you know, he's just kind of That's tough, man. You're relegated to in. this. You've already got enough assistant captains, so there's really nothing you can do. I think Chris Wood could be an asset for this current team, but so, that's yeah. a whole other conversation. Um, How about you? Who do you got? Yeah, who do you we, think is not going to win a match? I don't think John Rahm is going to win a match. Wow. I'm very – like, he is, a, he is a phenomenal talent. He is 23 years old. This is his first Ryder Cup, and I would say that he is going to be expected to perform like a veteran. He's going to be expected to perform like a top 10 player that he is, and it's just that stuff's not a guarantee. Now, Justin Thomas is going to be expected to perform like a top 5 player that he is. He's got more top 10 talent around him. When you look for John Rahm, like the top 10 talent is really Rory and Rose, and then it drops off, and so J- Rom is going to have pressure on him that American players don't have, especially the young ones and especially the rookies. So I see a guy who kind of occasionally wilts under pressure, who kind of loses his cool a little bit. He's lost the thread a little bit. He, he, it's not that he's been playing badly. He's you know made a bunch of cuts. He's been sound, posting yes. fine finishes. He's top got a ten ha- finish at handful the of top Open. tens this year. Um, and he did play well at the French Open. I could just very well see a guy who will probably play, he'll probably play for, quite possibly could play five matches. I hope we see some of that Rom passion coming out for better or for worse. Yeah, we we most we're likely bound both. To. It's just I could very well see him lose a match, have a match, lose a match, sit, and then play the singles against you know a solid American player. That would be my prediction. Let's keep the predictions flowing. Who's the MVP? Tiger Woods is going to be the MVP. He's the hottest golfer. Wow. Tiger Woods, not notoriously a Ryder Cup star. But you think this is a new Tiger Woods? Well, yeah. He, he's new in so many damn ways, and he seems to care about it more than he ever has. It would be a phenomenal way for him to kind of wrap up his, his 2018, like, really competitive season. And the guy's just dialed in. He's hitting his driver better, better than he has all year. He's 
Scotty's back. He's got really, really good form with the putter, and the, he is the best ball striker in the world. Like that's that, I. At one point, we were saying that out of respect, and now he's saying it out of fact. Like he is the best ball striker. He's a better ball striker than Kepka, and DJ, and JT, and so, like that's it's the truth. So I mean, he has been. He's reclaimed his number one spot in uh, what strokes gained approach. Yeah. Which and is, that is a huge stat this is. week. So I can't really disagree with you. The guy could go around hit four drivers. You know, he could hit he could hit one driver and win his matches on the fifteenth hole. The tricky so. part is that it's hard to be MVP when you don't play all the matches. Do like, you think he's going to play? He will not play five matches. It would be. Do you think he's going to play four? I think it would be best for Jim Furyk to put him out four times. Once on Thursday, and then when he wins, you say, Tiger, can you rest up and play 36 tomorrow? But that's tricky, man. I mean, Tiger, when he played Bell Reeve, he played, what, 30 holes in that one day, and he was, like, kind of, he's, he's gassed. He was so, flagging a little bit, but so we'll then he see. came back and played our head on Sunday. You don't have to sure. play 36 holes in a day. You actually would very likely not play 36 here. Um, alternate shot is different. It is different. You're not playing a full round. So I think he can go two matches in a day, and I think he wants to if Jim Furyk asks him to. I mean, look, the guy works out like a fiend. He'll be tired playing all that competitive golf, but it's certainly not outside his abilities. All right, you're MVP. For me, this is a bit like, you know, when that talk gets started of LeBron winning the MVP, even if his team loses in the NBA Finals. I'm taking Tommy Fleetwood. Ooh, I like it. I think he's going to be the MVP this week. His game sets up awesome for this golf course if he gets that ball striking going i would put him out in all five matches yeah tommy get Fleetwood. Him five starts he's this guy so he, much golf this year he's fiery but he's he, you know he's cool under pressure uh i love his personality for notably his team format notably did not finish in the top 30 or 40 at the french open now you know i'm not too worried about that you know where he did finish in the uh <laughs> top 30 or 40 like at the u.s open where he nearly won, shot sixty three. Yeah, he that's that's just the idea. It's that he played the French Open and the U.S. Open. It's a lot of golf for him this whole summer. So his irons and his putter get hot in a way that very few other players do. He hasn't won in a while, but you know if you look at it, really his only missed cut has been at the French Open. Him and Torbjorn both. Yeah. Uh, and he has just been, you know, top 20, top 10, top 5, all over the place. I like Tommy Fleetwood to win three and a half points this yeah, week. Yeah, that's a lot of points. Anytime that you get over three is a ton because it says you've played a lot of matches and you've played well. Uh, he, they need him, though. The Europeans are going to need him to play well. Well, and with him, give me your prediction. Who's going to win? Yeah. U.S. or the, Europe? The Americans are going to win, uh, which isn't. A bold prediction in any way. They are the best team on paper. You look at the victories and the majors and the in the world golf rankings, it all adds up to the Americans being the better team on paper. But it will not be easy. I think Hazel team was a blowout. It was seventeen to eleven. I think this is a fifteen to thirteen match in which it comes down to the final few. I think it comes down to maybe the tenth or eleventh match on the Sunday singles. So they're sweating it out come yes, Sunday. Yes, the European team playing at home uh, is plenty talented. They're probably, I think, across the board in better form, and that's going to stand for something. 
I've got the Americans by a little bit more than you. I would say it will be extremely similar in the final result to Hazeltine. Uh, that is just the way I see this playing out. I wouldn't mind if I'm wrong at all. I'd love to see the Euros challenge, but I think come Sunday we'll get a glimmer of early hope for the European side. Maybe you see a couple blue flags on the board, but it doesn't matter ultimately. Yeah, the U.S. wins seventeen and a half to ten and Ooh, a half. So they extend their lead uh, based off of Hazeltine. That the format of the Ryder Cup itself is great for this because no matter, I mean, unless you're up like twelve to four going into the final day, anything can happen, and that's what we saw at Medina. So that's what's great is that. What you said could very well be true. It could still be super exciting, and it could still be a bit of an American blowout. I'm with you. I think it's a U.S. victory, and I think for uh, our colleague Alan Shipnick's sake, I think that would be a, uh, a good thing. But <laughs> let's hope for some excitement, some compelling matches. I'm sure we'll get them early on. We've got some more fun build up these next few days. Yeah, we got to go to the course, man. And uh, <laughs> it's going to be tough to leave this this balcony we're chilling on right now. But it's coffee time. We got work and, to uh, do, and time to to get to work for us and for the U.S. Ryder Cup team and the Euro side. All right, check out golf.com for everything live and happening at the Ryder Cup. <laughs> <laughs>